We are back with another Oscar-nominated movie, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Welcome to the best movie of the year so far. Thanks for taking time to be part of the show today. I am John Ellis. On Twitter, you can find me at Ellis on Movies. Glad to have you back to the show that helps you determine the best movie of the year so far. 2020 was certainly a different kind of year for movies. But there were some good movies to be found, and we're talking about them now. As a reminder, you can find today's episode and all the previous episodes on ellisonmovies.com. Of course, you can also subscribe in any of your favorite podcasting apps. We're in 2021, but the Academy Awards nominations for 2020 movies have just come out. As mentioned, over the next few weeks leading up to that, we're going to discuss the best movies of 2020. Joining me over these episodes will be cinephiles like myself. Today I'm with Brendan Wall, the co-host of two great movie podcasts, What Were They Thinking and For Screen and Country. Join us today as we discuss Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. In the late 20s, Ma Rainey is a star, a blues singer known as Mother of Blues. She was contracted by a couple of producers to record. Ma and her band gathered together at a studio in Chicago to make a record. Along with Ma, the band includes an ambitious and very talented trumpet player, Levy. The band argues amongst themselves while telling stories of black life in a white world. Meanwhile, Ma is fighting with the producers over the respect she has earned. Tensions build and build as they try to get through this recording. In essence, Brendan, that's the story of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's a simple movie, but it's often telling more than just a recording experience. And I should say, just a warning for those listeners, Brendan and I may go into some of the spoiler territory in this discussion. So just a heads up if you want to go in fresh with this movie. So, Brendan, welcome to the show, and what did you think of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? I really liked Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. All right, thank thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> hey, it's been it's been great. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, uh, no, I I really liked it. Um, I think I watched this like pretty much. It was either on the first day or was the first couple of days it came out on Netflix because you know the buzz was all about Chadwick Boseman, his last. Uh, I think it's his last performance, right? Yes, I think that maybe the some, last thing some he filmed? maybe some voice work he did, but this is definitely his last in front of camera thing. Okay, yeah, because I mean that was the buzz, and then there was obviously buzz about Viola Davis. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna check it out. Oh, Netflix! It's only ninety minutes. I love you. <laughs> Always a nice surprise. But yeah, no, I really liked it. I think I'm a sucker for these types of movies. I mean, this is based on a play by August Wilson. That I have a weakness for uh, this type of like movie based on a one, like a one act play. Like it feels like very contained. It's we're basically in that recording studio for almost the entire span of time in the movie, and it kind of just. It adds an extra layer of enjoyment to me where I watch a movie like that and it just remains compelling. Like I find that – I mean it's hard for any movie to be compelling. But for for a movie to be in one location with the same like, I don't know, six, seven, maybe eight actors. I mean four or five that are talking most of the time. And, and to keep you with it when it's almost all dialogue is just incredible. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely enjoy this movie. It's, it's a um... – it's an accurate actor showcase. It's really a chance for them just to shine and just eat up the scenery and just chew it up and in the best way possible. Uh, and you can certainly tell it's a play turned into a film. It feels like a play. It's shot like a play. And 
and I don't, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a negative at all. It's a, I mean, it's a damn good play. So I'm okay with that. And I, you know, I wish I could have seen this on a stage because especially seeing Bozeman and Davis sort of taking over the stage, um, like they do on the screen. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's stagey, but so you do get these big monologues, which you would get in a play, which doesn't happen in a non-stage movie. Which I didn't mind. It's certainly not an uplifting movie, and I don't. I'm certainly not an August Wilson uh, expert, but I've seen enough of his work to know this is probably not going to end very well. It's not a story where they just remind you, "Hey, everything is going to be okay." There's certainly deeper things going on here. But it's it's about control and ownership and the, the lack of both and who has it and who doesn't and one person trying to get it and struggling to get it. And but all that being said, it's a really good movie. I mentioned it was written by August Wilson, who did Fences, and Fences also starring Denzel Washington. And the reason I mentioned that because he produced this movie as well. Yeah, I think it's kind oh, of his. Also, Fences. Right, exactly. Sorry. I think it's his Sorry. his his uh, his mission right now to bring August Wilson to the big screen right now for others to see. So I yeah, I, I would I be surprised to see more coming. I was going to say Fences also not particularly uplifting. No, 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 definitely. <laughs> Definitely not. Don't I, watch that on a. Oh, don't watch a, a triple feature of that and Ma Rainey and Precious. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> yes, for sure. So yeah, yeah. Speaking of fences, I, I enjoyed fences, but I definitely like this a lot better. I just felt never a time for relief. There was no. I don't remember any comic relief or any music to toe tap to in fences. It was just straight down the hill the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, that movie works you over and doesn't, there's no like between rounds. It's just like a Rocky movie with no breaks. That's like, right. Just, just yeah. Round, 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 round. So now the inevitable. We have to talk about Chadwick Boseman in this movie. As expected, he was just nominated for an Oscar for this performance. So there's hype, there's buzz, there's everything you can have for him in this role. And you know what? It's, it's all, it's all worth it. He was phenomenal. And something about him, not just in this role, but really all his roles, I mean, he was charming, he was full of star power, charisma, whatever you want to call it, he had it. And even when his character is not always that likable in this movie, he still makes him somehow a little likable. Yeah, like every every single little tiny thing he does in his performance is just like so calculated, but looks so like effortless. Like, I just feel like he's firing on every single cylinder and then borrowing other people's cylinders to fire onto. Like, it's just, it's amazing. Amazing. And he has several monologues in this, which were were felt stagey and play like to be, which those are fine, but I actually liked it more when he was sort of bouncing off other people and arguing with other people and and sometimes fighting with other people. That's that's when I enjoyed him the most. That's when I just couldn't turn away and just literally just staring at him because he's just so captivating. See, I thought his monologue about um like what happened with his with his father and stuff. I I actually thought that was like if they play a clip at the Oscars, that's going to be the clip. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean? Yeah, it definitely felt that and there was another one about he did about God talk to someone's yeah. someone's religion and your god and my god and all this stuff and yeah that that definitely felt like oscar bait but uh, i really like those monologues the thing that's the thing i maybe a slight point of disagreement i mean i do think he's great when he's interacting with everyone else but i think i like actually like the monologues the best i get it uh i didn't mind them i just it just definitely reminded me like as soon as it started when somebody walks off to the side and just sort of starts talking 
Even though, even though he's talking to someone, it definitely feels like a monologue. It just reminded me, hey, this was a play. I mean, I guess it, you could say this. It's the same kind of argument, I guess, if you're watching a, a musical sort of, right? It's like you have that convention where, hey, at some point, someone's just going to break into song. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense, but it's going to happen. I mean, it makes more sense here than that. That's true. But that's it's true. still, people don't often break out into monologues. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although that's coming from someone like me who does a solo podcast most of the time. So that's literally what I do once a week. Is you it? are basically Spalding Gray of the podcast world. I didn't want to say it, but since you brought it up, that's that's what I've been hearing. People have been talking. That's what the, that's what the word is. <laughs> so Chadwick Boseman as Levy, Viola Davis as Ma, and I saw it somewhere. She actually, I don't know who did the math on this, but she actually has less screen time than Boseman does. Um, what'd you think of her? Again, another, I, I mean, I would say like, as far as Chadwick Boseman is amazing, I always know it's Chadwick Boseman. I never thought once about it being Viola Davis. Like she just like, maybe it's cliche to say it, but she becomes this character, right? She's so like vibrant and there's like a, uh, there's like a, a side to her that we only get like a glimpse of with her, uh, who is it? Like her niece or something? Not her niece, but it's like the woman that's with her. If it was no. her niece, that would be no. a little weirder. <laughs> it was definitely, um, definitely not a family member. That I know. No, but it's like, but it's like they have a weird, like, dominant, submissive relationship. And that's only like kind of glanced at for a second. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing that they didn't really go any further with exploring. Um, but no, I think Viola Davis is also like really, really great in this movie. What she carries her, there's a, like a swaggerness to this role. Like you know from the beginning that she's in control. She was never not in control of the situation the whole time, up until the very end and the very where she literally signed the piece of paper, the paper at the very end of the movie. Um, she knew exactly what she was doing the whole whole time. I think like in the hands of a lesser actor too. I think that role could be seen as somebody could be watching this movie and be like, oh, she's the worst. She's just so bossy and annoying and no one cares. And like, why are you being the worst kind of like, you know, prima donna. But I think she gives it this weight and the writing is obviously better than is obviously really good too. Um, to make it like, oh no, no, there's, there's a reason she's this kind of, she's this kind of personality, right? The very last scene of the movie where this white, all white band is performing that song Jelly Roll mm. that they stole from Levy, Levy, which was hilarious and sad and horrific at the same time. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that, and that was also the moment you realize, oh wait, she was right about everything. She knew exactly what she was doing. She knew who these people were. She knew not to trust them for one single bit. Yeah, because that that whole side story is Chadwick trying to like get a solo gig. And thinking that these record producers really care about him and want him to play his songs, but really they just want to buy them off of him. Right. Yeah. We had these two parallel stories that go on the whole time with, with her and him. She's, she's, she's been there. She's feel like she's seen it all. She knows the right path to take and, and where, to, where to use her control when she, when she needs to. In fact, when they finally get together and the few scenes they're together, you really see that she has the power and, and he has nothing and he knows it too. He wishes she has that kind of power that she has. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so interesting because she doesn't I find like her personality is the same in front of everyone. Like no matter who she talks to, she is Ma Rainey, 
like accept no substitutes. <laughs> um, whereas Levy, as soon as the record producer comes around, he talks very differently with him than he does with the rest of the band or that he does with Ma. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's interesting. She's kind of like, why bother, why bother changing who you are? They don't care about us. They only care about money. And unfortunately, he realizes that in, like you said, a harrowing ending. I mean, we don't get her long backstory, but it felt like she's she's already been there, done that. She's probably learned some lessons the hard way, and she knows, um, like like at the end, she knows the second she signs that paper, the second she records her voice, it's not hers anymore. She, her power is gone. Right. So she waits to the very last second, uh, literally in the car signing the paper, and Levy on the hand is still trying to figure that out. He's still trying to figure out that she has a little bit of power, but she doesn't have as much as he thinks she does, and. Just to throw in real quick, I feel like a dummy, but until I watched this movie and looked up, looked it up after, I didn't know this was based on a real person. No, I think that's what's, I hate to use this word, important <laughs> about that story. Like August Wilson bringing this up to the, back to the reality, to the real life and saying, Hey, you guys need to know about her. And then Denzel as well saying, we're going to make this a, we need to make this a household, make her a household name. We need to make sure people know who she is. Like we said offline, I mean, we're two white guys talking about this story and maybe people outside of our communities are saying like, yeah, duh, we all knew who she was. <laughs> it's, it's important. And I'm sure there's tons of other stories out there like that, um, that hopefully we'll get a chance to, to see and hear about or read about them. The rest of the cast, cause I thought it was a strong supporting cast. Coleman Domingo played Cutler. Glenn Turman played Toledo. Michael Plotz played Slow Drag with those names alone. That's the rest of the band there. Cutler, Toledo, and Slow Drag, and then you had uh, you had the two the two studio guys, and then you mentioned um the other character, the the not niece character. <laughs> yeah, she's not her niece, guys. <laughs> Dust, not her niece. Uh, Taylor Page played her, Dusty May, and then um, Dusan Brown played Sylvester, her her young. Uh, and you mentioned Glenn Turman, um, who when he showed up, I said, "Oh, it's the mayor from The Wire." Oh, no, 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 I, no, no I, yeah, I'm with you. I just didn't didn't make the connection until you just said that. To be fair, I just watched all of The Wire like months ago for the first time. So <laughs> it was fresh in my mind. So what did you think of the uh, supporting cast? Anybody stand out to you? I, and I'm not just saying this because I'm like, oh, it's the mayor from The Wire. But I uh. do think Glenn Turman is really good in this. He is like the... The guy that when he talk, I feel like when he talks to Chadwick, he like puts him in his place every time. And yeah. of course we know what that leads to later. <laughs> but, uh. When you step on a man's shoes, I mean, things are going to oh, happen. Man. That, that's another, that's another crazy scene, right? Like the acting in that scene, I'm just like blown away by yeah. it. But yeah, no, I think Glenn Turman really stands out to me. Uh, what about you? Who stood out for you? Same thing. Yeah. The, the, just those three guys. I mean, not just those three guys, but those three guys in the band. I just thought they were really, really good. Um, by the way, the, the play, and this going, this goes back to your question indirectly. I looked at where the play itself was over almost three hours long. Oh. And this is only what, hour and a half? Yeah, like, so clearly, credits too. So clearly some, some things were cut out, and I want, I just wonder where that, I wanted this more stuff about these guys, or, I don't know. This is, I, I'd be curious to know what, and I'm glad, I'm always grateful for a shorter movie, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. I love a good 90 minute movie. Um, right. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's interesting too. I'm wondering if like, 
because it, it's different with a play. I feel like the when you get lot, lots and lots of uh, character development scenes in a play, it's like if they're if it's well written, you're it's welcoming. It's like oh yeah, of course this is great. But I feel like in a movie, it's like the more you can get away with in less time, or the more you can accomplish in less time, is a little bit more impressive. Yeah. The other thing this does. Obviously, I hadn't seen the play, but just by reading about it, she she doesn't even show up for a while in the in the play. It's all building up to her getting there because she's late, so they're just talking. It's more about her than featuring her. And here, like the very first scene in the movie, is her playing at a local club, and you see why people love her so much. Yeah, which I think is a really good idea. I I had no idea this was based on a real person, and having it open with her performing in front of people at her at her top at her best does a good job of like establishing to us oh okay she is like a powerhouse performer because i feel like if you didn't have that scene we'd just be going based on what everyone was saying and you mentioned earlier there's a part where you um at least for me and maybe you do too we you, you almost feel bad for the producers like oh come on now you're just being the pain you're two yeah. hours you're two hours late um but one now you realize you see how good she really is and two you you Toward the end, you realize, oh, wait, this is why she was doing this. There was some interesting symbolism stuff, too. Like, one that stood out to me was when when, when they're all kind of, like, h- hanging out together, like the band. And Chadwick Boseman points out the door that doesn't open anymore. Um, he's like, oh, we used to be able to go out that door, and, and now it's bolted shut. We can't even go out that door. And then he finally, like, breaks the door down, and there's, like, on the other side of it, it's just, like, a like brick walls all around. So it's like... Even though he broke down, like, a barrier, I guess, there's, like, another, like, you know, bigger barrier on the other side. Well, yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, it, it was not a door worth fighting for. That's the way I took it. He was cho- choosing to knock down a door that literally led to nowhere. So his anger and is misdirected, which ultimately was his downfall, being angry and anxious that led to this wrong place at the wrong time. So it's sort of to wrap this up, Brendan, my final thoughts on Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It brings us August Wilson's play to the big screen, and that's always a good thing. There's a lot to talk about with Chadwick Boseman's part in this film, and it lives up to all that hype. So mark it down now. I, for certain, feel he'll, he will win the Oscar for this performance. And that's not really taking, me taking some sort of bold stance. It's pretty much the consensus now. Place your money there if you're better. But even outside of Bozeman, this film has such a great cast all around with outstanding performances by Viola Davis, including another Oscar nomination for her. Again, well-deserved. So Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is everything you'd hope it would be and really one of the best movies of 2020. So with that, Brendan, thank you very much for being part of the episode today and joining me to discuss Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Listeners, thank you as always for listening. Be sure to check out Brendan and his two great movie-related podcasts, what were they thinking? And for screening and country, be sure to subscribe to those. You'll love those. Next week, we are back with another Oscar contender. Stay tuned to see what that is. Join the Oscar conversation online. Let's talk about more movies. Visit us on ellisonmovies.com and always on Twitter at ellisonmovies. Leave me a comment in your favorite channel. I'd love to hear from you. But until then, continue to wear a mask when you're out and watch a movie when you're home. <laughs>